Hey there, podcast listeners. Are you ready to turn your dream of owning a piece of paradise into a reality? Look no further than BVI's Sotheby's International Realty. Whether you're seeking a luxurious beachfront villa, a secluded island retreat, or a stunning waterfront property, BVI Sotheby's International Realty has got you covered. With their extensive portfolio of exclusive listings in the British Virgin Islands, your perfect piece of paradise awaits. Imagine waking up to breathtaking ocean views, feeling the warm sun or cool breeze and immersing yourself in the vibrant local culture. BVI Sotheby's International Realty opens the door to a life of luxury and serenity in one of the most stunning locations on earth. What sets BVI Sotheby's International Realty apart is their commitment to excellence, attention to detail and personalised service. Their team of experienced real estate professionals will guide you through every step of the buying process, ensuring a seamless and stress-free experience. So if you're ready to invest in your future, to escape in a world of sun, sea and sand, reach out to BVI Sotheby's International Realty today. Visit their website, bvisir.com, to explore their exclusive listings and make your Caribbean dream a reality. Don't wait any longer, your paradise awaits. Contact BVI's Sotheby's International Realty now and let them turn your dreams into a true island escape. Remember, the British Virgin Islands are calling. The advertisement is sponsored by BVI Sotheby's International Realty. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Property subject to availability. Always do your due diligence before making any real estate investments. Happy house hunting! Some people work in nine to five jobs. I am one of the lucky ones. Somehow I landed in the dream job. Welcome to Tales of a Luxury Yacht Chef. Hi, I'm Lisa Mead, and for the past 27 years, I've been working on luxury super yachts in the Caribbean, the Mediterranean, and my home turf of Australia. I've cooked for royalty, heads of state, celebrities, and all walks of life. I'm going to be talking to crew, past charter guests, and loads of people that are connected to the global yachting community. We're going to hear amazing fun stories and also lots of useful information and tips. So welcome aboard. I'm really inspired by today's guest, Jodie Malikata. Jodie has created a very successful business, which stemmed from her frustration of being stuck in the kitchen when hosting dinner parties. And I think we've probably all been there. I'm so excited to hear more about her life journey and what got her to where she is today. Hey, Jodie. Hi, thank you for having me, Lisa. Oh, it's it's a, an honour and a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I always just check in and see where everybody is. So where are you talking to me from today? I'm in Cairns in far north Queensland. So, wow. Uh, yeah, I spend a fair bit of time here. Um, I'm from here and, and I also spend a fair bit of time in Brisbane um, with our office and our team there and then also over in LA. So it's nice to be back in the tropics. I bet, for sure. And a nice sunny place for Australia's winter or almost exactly. spring. <laughs> <laughs> now, were you born in Cairns? I was, yeah. So my family um, are sugarcane farmers. My dad's still a farmer on the family farm. Um, and so I grew up in Cairns, but on a farm. So it was quite unique. I was able to kind of have the farm life, but in a, you know, 15 minutes from an international airport. Now, were you uh, involved in the actual farming side of things at any point? Look, I wasn't. I, I did have, you know, a horse and, and kind of rode the horse around the farm, but I wasn't quite 
trusted on the tractors. Uh, I didn't have a great track record with machinery. So, um, yeah, I certainly, uh, you know, had got involved in, in a few things, but uh, my husband now does quite a bit um, of work on the farm. He absolutely loves it. So he's been trusted with the keys to the tractor, but uh, not myself. So the farm is still an operating farm currently? Yeah, sure is. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. Uh, I can kind of relate to the farming thing. My father is from Western Australia and grew up on a, a wheat and cattle farm. Oh, so, beautiful. yes, unlike unlike you, unfortunately, he was kind of dragged out in the early hours of the morning to, to work on the farm <laughs> before school. So his memories of that best, but yeah. uh, I'm sure there were some moments there at some point that were, were fun. Quite different to sugarcane, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you have any any fun memories of, of your time growing up on the farm? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, we were really lucky, you know, to ha- be able to have family and friends, cousins and school friends, be able to spend the weekends and school holidays on the farm. You know, it was building cubbies in the in the cane fields and, you know, running um, kind of around the paddocks and, and um, yeah, kind of having my horses as well. So, yeah, it was a, a really beautiful um, yeah, very grateful for for kind of the opportunity to grow up on a farm. But like I said, it was really cool because we were in a city as well. So kind of the best of both worlds. You did, for sure. After finishing school, did you stay in the area or where did what did you do? No, I actually headed to the to the sunny coast to uni um down there. I studied marketing. I kind of always thought marketing communications, you know, something in the journalism, that space would be where I'd go. Um, that was sort of something that I'd always um, been interested in in school. Uh, and so, yeah, I went, I went and did a degree in marketing and communications. Uh, and then I ended up back in Cairns for the first kind of few years after university um, and started my kind of professional career. This is going back about 18 years now um, in food and wine festivals. So it was a wow. you know, marketing event management kind of role, which is really cool. It was sort of started when I was um, still studying and then became my full-time job after university. And yeah, it was uh, a, a pretty big responsibility for a you know 21-year-old to be managing this um, massive food and wine festival in Port Douglas with all the chefs and, and kind of everything, you know, the marketing, but also the logistics. So um, it was a great way to to learn so much about event management, but also dealing with chefs, which, um, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> come full circle now and, and back in that space. Exactly. Do you recall any interesting occasions from, from those days? Uh, you know, it was a it was a big event. It was a um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was about three thousand people, and it was ticketed and sort of seated event um, in a big, beautiful park surrounded by the water in Port Douglas. Oh. Um, and so there was you know a lot of logistics that went into it, and you know on the day it was it was completely crazy and managing you know the bump in and the setup, but also media and attendees and guests. And um, there were a few. I mean, everything went smoothly, but there were a few times I remember um, handwriting out all of the wristbands for, you know, the 3,000 attendees and I'd oh accidentally God. doubled up on a pack of wristbands. So we had two groups <laughs> turn up for table 18 and we had to, you know, work out where the, where the spare table was. So <sighs> um, those fun event management moments. But, you know, like I said, it was it was the way that I learned so much and things that I still remember today in, in Gather World that I learned from those early days. And I'm sure on, on the night, major adrenaline rushes, you yeah. know, you're just praying that everything ticks along in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. We had, you know, artists that we flew in, um, musicians to, to perform at it and, you know, a big fireworks show at the end. So, 
um, yeah, it was a lot of fun and, and uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of that adrenaline you would know from doing events and then the relief when it's all over. Oh, yes. Any, <laughs> any recognisable names as far as the musicians go? Uh, we had Lisa Hunt. Do you know Lisa Hunt? Yes. Yeah, so we had her come up one year wow. um, and perform. I do remember, uh, yeah, kind of working with her um, and getting her, yeah, kind of to, to Port Douglas, which was really cool. Um, and, yeah, some really amazing chefs as well and, and really incredible restaurants up there that um, would set up these food stalls and do this really cool kind of food and wine experience in this uh, very special, yeah, uh, big, it's called Rex Mill Park in Port Douglas. If, if people have travelled there, they'd know it. It's this beautiful park surrounded by ocean. So it was really cool. How would you describe Port Douglas to those that are listening around the world? Oh, it's a pretty incredible little resort town. I mean, it's tropical, really beautiful beaches. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's such a popular kind of tourism destination internationally. And a lot of people when I'm over in the U.S. and I talk about where I'm from, I'll say Cairns and they won't necessarily know it. But if I say Port Douglas, a lot of them do. So considering it's a very small town, small population, it's got a, a really great brand and it's really beautiful. We're really lucky to have something so close. We've spent a lot of holidays there, there in Palm Cove. Um, and it's got a great restaurant scene as well. Uh, some really uh, incredible dining experiences up there and chefs that have, have opened some really incredible restaurants. What's the restaurant in Port Douglas? It looks like it's set in the rainforest. It's- ah, Nautilus. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's I, beautiful, isn't it? It is. You know, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say that it took me, uh, I think it was 20, I got back in 2020 when COVID hit from overseas and I think we were still able to travel. We went up to far north Queensland and um, I went to Port Douglas for the first time and we went there to the restaurant and it was just spectacular, such a stunning setting. And you're right, the food in Port Douglas was just off the chain. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And that restaurant in particular, and I think it's a it's a set sort of degustation menu. Um, yes. It's beautiful. It's really special. Yeah. Has it been around for a long time? It has. I don't know how long, but I mean, I'm sure it was there when I was doing, you know, the Port Douglas Food and Wine Festival, which is 18 years ago. And it's wow. probably been there for a fair bit longer than that. So yeah, it has. <laughs> and maintained that reputation of the quality as well, which isn't I mean, easy to do. Absolutely. I mean, in, in this industry, you know, to last that long is mm. makes you've got to be pretty incredible for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, no, that's, and, and, you know, Port Douglas is, is, like all tourism destinations, struggled over the last few years. Um, and so the restaurants that have remained have really had to be um, ahead of the game to be able to uh, kind of especially attract and retain staff, which is really hard in those destinations to to find great chefs and um, be able to keep running the restaurants. Oh, absolutely. You did your events for a while, but then you decided that you hadn't finished study and you went on to study a postgraduate degree. Yeah. You asked to create a scalable concept solving a problem that you'd experienced before. And as I mentioned in the intro, it was the idea that you didn't want to be stuck in the kitchen when you were hosting a dinner party. And from this assignment, Gather was born. So how does it stand out as being different from other businesses that are sort of in the same similar field? Yeah, I think what sets us apart, you know, when we were creating the platform, it was really about that that problem, like you said, I loved having family and friends over for dinner, but, you know, you spend the whole night in the kitchen and it's you don't get to actually sit down and enjoy the occasion. Um, and I found it difficult coming from the events industry and then, you know, I worked in higher education and marketing for many years after that and that's how I ended up studying at the university I was working at. Um, and I knew that it was actually difficult to book a chef to come over for a small dinner party. So, usually caterers, you know, really focus on those bigger events, on the weddings, on the bigger things. Um, and it wasn't easy for you to be able to find a great chef that was happy to come and cook for six of, you know, your friends and family at your house or, or when you even went holidays. Two. 
Exactly, for two people. So I think that was really our sweet spot. That's where we started and that was what um, really set us apart was that the smaller intimate dinner parties um, and being able to, not necessarily a chef, we have amazing chefs like yourself um, that we partner with, but we also um, partner with a lot of passionate cooks, a lot of people that have been on MasterChef and leave the show and then don't really know where to go after that. Um, You know, they've got this great skill. Jodie, I, I love that about Gather. I love yeah. that you you incorporate such a, a wide variety of people to come cook yeah. with you. I mean, I think it's just fantastic. Exactly. And it means that it's not just that one experience that you'll get. You could get this amazing grazing stylist that not necessarily a chef and, and cooks, but can create these incredible grazing boards because they're more like food stylists. And um, or we have this, you know, cook that's just exceptional at doing Persian food, for example, Azzy in Brisbane and um, not necessarily a chef, but man, can she, can she cook and, and has created so many gatherings with us. Um, and is what we call more of that passionate cook. And I think that, again, is is something that's quite different to what was already out there um, in the marketplace. And it was a way also for us to be able to keep up with demand because chefs are in high supply. You know, saying we're competing against restaurants and um, the whole industry is, has a shortage. So by us having this diversity of people that love to create dining experiences, it means that we can offer, uh, you know, a lot more to a lot more people. Absolutely. So you, I'm guessing you started in far north Queensland and mm-hmm. when did you um, start to expand beyond that? Yeah, so we launched Cairns and Port Douglas. We had a handful of chefs, some really incredible um, culinarians and passionate cooks as well. Uh, I think there was about five or six when we first launched in, in 2018. Um, and we grew pretty quickly into Brizzy. We knew that we wanted to kind of test it here, get the tech and the platform and the service experience right in sort of a region that we we knew really well and we could do some um, friendly tests with. Uh, and then we launched into Brisbane a couple of months after that. So we were live in Brisbane by, by sort of December, January, um, after launching in the September of 2018. So, and Brisbane became our biggest region pre- very quickly. Uh, we, we grew a lot there. We got some great media, um, a great kind of initial culinarians on the platform. And that was when we started to also do more than just smaller dinner parties. We started to kind of do larger events, do corporate events, help you know, businesses as well with with sort of catering and, and those things. And, you know, that's grown to be a really big part of the business now as well. So we do, like you say, dinners for two people all the way through to, you know, events for 20,000. You also do uh, meals that are sort of planned in advance for busy um, yeah, people living like at homes. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a great idea because, I yeah. mean, you do have, you know, your standard um, websites that provide certain um set menus of food that people can kind of Mm. put together themselves but you know it's funny I've had friends that have used these and um, I'm thinking uh, Marley Spoon is one and to begin with they they're all over it they think it's great and then they go oh but it's the same all the time and you know they don't really change their menus so yeah the idea of having someone you know come in from gather that can provide something fresh and different I think is fantastic yeah, exactly. And I think that's it. It's that fresh. It's it's quite different to have somebody come into your home and kind of cook your weekly meals and do that meal prep, especially for a family that's really busy and wants to have healthy meals, but doesn't necessarily want to, yeah, do those meal kit deliveries or buy frozen meals. Um, and so we offer that, yeah, uh, kind of different product where the, the chef will come in and and do your weekly meals. Sometimes that means they come in once a fortnight or once every three weeks, depending on how many meals um, kind of customers want us to prep for them. Um, and others will come in every week um, or a couple of times a week and kind of be that more like that personal chef experience. Um, yeah. So when we make it you know, easy again, like you say, to be able to um, book that. 
You also do menus where um, chef would work with the client, I'm guessing, to create like a bespoke mm-hmm. menu that's not necessarily listed on the actual side. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So, our custom menus. So, we have, you know, our curated menus uh, that we've created with chefs like yourself. And and then um, we know, you know, these are the most popular menus, but then someone will come and say, hey, I, I want to recreate this dessert that we had on our honeymoon in Paris. And we go, okay. <laughs> so, we'll send it out to our chef network and, and be able to kind of create something really special for them that's not necessarily on the platform or something that we've created before, um, we do a fair bit of that. And, yeah, it's really cool when you're able to, to kind of create dishes or, or come up with a brief that, that's quite different. Um, and I, yeah, I, I'd be keen to hear from you, Lisa, but I think chefs love it too. It's it's a challenge. It is so much fun. Yeah, and Jodie, yeah. I, 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 I applaud you for that. Um, way of looking at things. I can give you an example. You know, I'm, I come from the yachting industry and, you know, the, the coolest thing, yes, I have a menu that I sort of kind of know what I'm going to do for the week when I'm with guests, um, but I tweak it and I have mm. my stewardesses uh, eavesdropping on, for conversations and they'll come to me if they've overheard the guests, just as an example, I had mm. some Texans on board that had gone to New York and at some point they'd had this amazing it was like a um, like a like a bread pudding type dessert, but um, yeah. they described it to each other at the table, and I had some croissants with me, and I my stewardess came back and sort of gave me an idea of what they'd been talking about, and I came up with this sticky croissant pudding that oh, just wow. appeared that night uh, for their dessert, and they were just like, "That is so freaky." We were just yeah. talking about this, and <laughs> but you're right, people love to to relive a fantastic dining experience yeah. that they may have had. And for your, you know, for Gather to be able to do that, I think it's just incredible. Uh, that's that's such a great story that you can anticipate the client's needs as well before they've even asked. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit sneaky, but it's, right. it's, it's definitely worth it. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Now, you you said you're in Brisbane. Whereabouts in Australia are you, uh, aside from so Queensland? We're in 36 locations now, so we're across every state and territory, uh, sort of all major locations, as well as a lot of the key tourism destinations. It's a big market for us to cook for people when they've booked a, an Airbnb for the weekend or a beautiful holiday property, and, and they like to get a chef in instead of going out to a restaurant every night. So places like Byron Bay, Port Douglas, you know, Mornington Peninsula, uh, those areas, um, even over into Tasmania. Uh, in, I was just thinking of Tasmania and what an amazing place to have a culinary experience because mm-hmm. I, I, I was lucky enough again, it took me, you know, COVID to actually go visit but uh, for the first time. But I, Tasmania, if you're coming to Australia, everyone, it has just the most incredible produce. It's, it's just fantastic. I can imagine the dining experiences there would be incredible. Yeah, exactly. The best produce and, and really incredible chefs as well. Um, we've created yes. some, some really cool. And actually, when you talk about custom menus, that's some of the ones that we've um, really been able to to use that local produce and the in-season produce um, in Tassie um, to create some really beautiful menus for, for clients there. What area has surprised you as being as busy as it is in Australia that, that isn't like your standard Byron Bay Yeah. Area? Uh, look, I think those areas that are, you know, within a couple of hours driving distance from from Sydney and Melbourne, we often get requests for those that it, it might be an hour and a half away and we haven't heard of it before, but they're popping up as these like domestic travel hotspots. Um, people can drive from a big city, but be able to have that country experience. And there's not 
really many restaurants in these locations either. So again, it's sort of great that they're able to to book a chef. Um, and that's often why they, they do to come to us because they've got this beautiful place, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, so it's really cool. And, and our chefs are, are really flexible. You know, if we can't find a chef nearby, chefs are willing to travel, which is great. So they'll, they'll you know, drive to Dallasford and, and be able to do something um, for a customer there and, and then head back to Melbourne. That is amazing. Have you done any experiences on on boats? We have actually. Uh, yeah. yeah, quite a few. Yeah, uh, so a few different requests. Um, often it's someone's private boat that they wouldn't usually have a chef for, maybe, you know, as opposed to a luxury yacht, um, but they want to take the boat out and they want to be able to, to have a dining experience on it. So we've also um, done one or two where the boat's been parked at someone's house in a marina like you know on the on the gold coast where the canals are but yes. they, they want to still eat on the boat even though the house is just there <laughs> they want the chef to, you know to prepare in the in the home or and then be able to kind of finish off on the boat and serve it on the boat which is yeah pretty cool you can see the appeal of, of oh yeah <laughs> digicel is gifting more than ever before this christmas with up to $30,000 in prizes, we will reward your preference with weekly drawings where you get iPhone 15, $500 cash and free postpaid service for one year. And a final big prize of a family cruise for four. It's easy to win. Switch to Digicel this Christmas and get more any use data, entertainment data and endless Digicel to Digicel local calls with LTE smartphone for $0. This is the season to get more value and more rewards with Digicel. Don't miss the chance to win thousands of prizes with our Grinchmas Wishes promotion. Hurry to the store, join now Digicel BBI, gifting more than ever before this Christmas. Has there been any special moments that stand out from all the the dining experiences that you've heard of that you can tell us about? Oh, gosh, uh, I love surprise parties. We do quite a few. Um, but, you know, those are really special when you know beforehand that it is a surprise and they'll often say, hey, can you can the chef park a little bit further away or come and unload and then move their car so that when the person arrives, they're not suspicious at all that there's these cars out the front that they don't know of. Good plan. Um, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, they get such a like, – they, they either arrive home or they arrive to their, their friend or family's house and it's a surprise party that they've planned for them with the private chef and seeing the photos and, and yeah, kind of hearing the stories that come from that is really cool that they're definitely some of the, the favourite ones. We've also done quite a few proposals, um, especially during COVID when, uh, you know, you could have – you know, those those sort of small groups at your house. So you yes. could have two people plus the chef. Um, we would do these special proposals because people wanting to get engaged but not able to kind of go out and do a proposal <laughs> the way you normally would. So um, we definitely had a big increase in two-person dinners kind of um, during COVID but also post. It's still a, a popular option for, for those sort of occasions, which is great to be able to um, have the chef there for that special occasion. You know, I, I'm I'm really impressed with um, Australia and its interest in in the the home, um, you know, dining experience. Mm. I think it's it's amazing. I've I've been away working overseas for twenty plus years, so I I, I haven't been able to see that change until I I was back here, and it, it's just fantastic that that you know Australians appreciate how wonderful it is to have that type of experience. Yeah. 
Exactly. And I mean, Australia is pretty special in that we all often do live in houses that we can kind of entertain at. We've all kind of loved that, you know. Um, we love to have people over and, and kind of very house proud. So, yeah, it makes sense. that It's great to see that that more and more people are embracing it. And it, it is one of those trends that once you go to a dinner party at someone's house with a chef, you're like, oh, I could do this at my house. So, um, you know, that sort of helps with with the growth of it as well and, and for people to realise that it's not necessarily something super expensive for the super rich. You know, it can be comparable to a restaurant. Absolutely, exactly. Probably is a question I should have asked earlier, but when you started out, as far as just getting the name gather out there, as far as hmm. marketing and promotion, how, how did you go about that? Uh, definitely media was one of our biggest, you know, it still is, but in the early days when budgets were even tighter um, and we were really just trying to get the, you know, that initial awareness out there. Um, it was something that the media was happy to kind of pick up. And like you say, it was like that emerging trend back in 2018. It wasn't as known um, as it is now. So being able to kind of highlight what it's like to have a chef at your house and and again, how it's not as expensive as people might think and and be able to kind of profile some of the great chefs that we had come through even from programs like MasterChef, um, you know, and, and be able to then be on the platform. So we got some really great articles in, you know, Delicious and um, the Career Mail and Sydney Morning Herald. And, and those were big drivers for us for that awareness level um, in those early days where um, you don't have a lot, uh, you know, of budgets that you can spend on big marketing. So uh, certainly media uh, and social media, being able to kind of then use the media article to drive social media interest um, was a big one for us. It is. I mean, it's an amazing tool for sure. Uh, you mentioned obviously that you you've sort of reached out to Master Chef contestants, but where else have you searched for chefs? Uh, you know, a lot of it is chef referrals. So, um, our wonderful culinarians that are already on the platform with us love working with us, and and they're happy to kind of spread the word for us and, and do introductions and recommend um, other culinarians that they think would love to work with Gather. So that's probably one of our biggest sources, um, you know, of new culinarians. And we really love that because we know they're coming with, you know, a, a stamp of approval from someone that we already work with and that that we already know um, understands what it's like to do a private dining experience in a home because it is quite different. Um, you've got to be able to have that element of being able to interact with the guests and being able to come out to the table and talk about yourself and the menu. Um, and so, and yeah, that, that, that's definitely a Yeah, a you, you don't want a grumpy, introverted chef. <laughs> that's right. You can't hide in the kitchen and, and kind Culinary. of not do that interaction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. Exactly. What What are some of the pros and cons of owning and operating something like Gather? Yeah, uh, look, I think definitely that, that volatility in the market. You know, we've gone through obviously COVID and the mm. lockdowns and then, you know, the rising costs of living and interest rates that definitely affects sort of demand in the market. So I think it's, it's often those macro things that you can't plan for. We have this mm. amazing team um, and we have this incredible, as you know, community of culinarians. We, we really are so, so lucky on, on that side. Um, and it's those things that you, you can't see coming. You don't plan for, um, you try to be prepared for everything, but you just can't see something like a pandemic hitting. Um, and so definitely you've got not. to really be yeah <laughs> resilient and able to kind of know that, the only constant is change and, and, you know, you can't plan for those things. But I am really proud of the fact that our team is constantly able to adapt to changing environments. Um, you know, we've launched over in the US, so much learnings over there, um, kind of for how we grow the business internationally. Um, and again, things that we, we couldn't really uh, foresee or things that we had to kind of learn on the go. Um, but yeah, that that's the challenges. But then the upside is, is again, that we get to be a part of all these amazing moments and partner with all these incredible culinarians to grow their businesses as well. That certainly is what 
motivates me and drives uh, the company for growth is that it's not just us growing, it's, it's all of these amazing culinarians that we partner with as well. You mentioned that you've now opened up into LA. What, what was the decision behind that? Yeah, so we always wanted to go global. We built the platform sort of from day one to be able to be a scalable platform that could grow globally. Um, and, and the US had been on our radar. We'd looked at a lot of markets to work out where the opportunity is, where there isn't, you know, potentially a big competition, someone already doing what we're doing. In Europe, there is a lot of platforms like us. There isn't as many in the US. Um, and then one of the big drivers sort of that made the US materialize was when we started working with Curtis Stone. Um, and he's him and his that team. Hunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lovely guy. Um, and yeah, he, uh, him and his team have a catering company in Melbourne. We were working with them actually during sort of 2020 and 2021. Um, and from that, we started to have a conversation around, hey, we, we're looking at the US. Can we ask your advice? He lives over there with his family and runs, um, you know, incredible Michelin star restaurants over there and a catering company. It kind of developed from asking his advice to, to him getting really excited about what Gather was and wanting to be on board um, to help us bring it to the US. So he joined as a US co-founder um, and that was really the big driver for also why we chose Los Angeles as a launch agent because um, it really felt like the right location. It's this location where there's a lot of houses, there's a lot of people entertaining. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those cities that has both, you know, a big sort of consumer private market, but also the corporate market and the entertainment industry and the kind Huge. of B2B market. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Curtis being based there and it being his, um, yeah, I guess home with his family really helped as well, opened a lot of doors and was able to get us really established. It's a, it's a perfect correlation because not only is he obviously very well recognised in the US, but he's also Australian, which connects to you. Yeah, and exactly. your company. So, I mean, it's just the perfect fit. Yeah. And he really understood the the need for Gather from both sides. As a, as a chef, he'd had so many chefs come to him and say, hey, we want to set up a catering business. How do we do that? How do we get into private catering? And he knew the challenges that come with running your own catering business, how hard it is for a chef to work out how to find customers and manage the admin and sort insurance out and all of those things. So, he really understood like this is going to be such a groundbreaking platform for chefs as well um, and really help them to, to start and grow their, their businesses. But also from a host perspective, he's been a customer of Gather in, in the US quite a few times um, and, and in Australia as well. Wow. Um, and he gets it. Yeah, he's got a big catering company. But again, can they you know, not necessarily do an eight-person barbecue at his house? Um, that's where we come in. So Perfect. Oh, that's so good. And uh, hopefully down the road, you'd like to see yourself expanding into other cities around the States. Yeah, we actually have. So we launched into San Francisco, um, so California, you know, as our, our first kind of state. Um, yes. So LA and then sort of Southern California and then San Francisco. San Francisco is actually um, really rivaling LA in terms of our growth right now, especially in that corporate market for obvious reasons. So, um, and then we've launched uh, out into Texas, into Austin. Uh. And we've actually just turned um, some cities in Arizona and in Florida live and New York. So certainly those locations have been sort of from a partnership demand level and some sort of corporate clients that have wanted us um, to do work in those locations. So it's exciting. We're now kind of live in, in yeah, sort of six cities across, uh, you know, four different states in the US um, and we're going to keep growing from there. That is amazing. I mean, that is really, you must be so proud. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, such a big market. We have to be, you know, know that with our growth that we do it 
uh, I guess, strategically and we don't um, grow too fast and, and obviously burn too much capital, um, you know, too early. So we're trying to really, um, you know, grow, I guess, smartly um, so that we're there for the long run. But, yeah, it's exciting that we've been able to get demand from other locations that maybe we weren't ready to launch into straight away, but having customers and partners kind of say, hey, can you – uh, help us out with some some uh, yeah customers in in Arizona. I went okay, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, I, I I work with a lot of Texans, so I I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them would be uh, they're they're big social creatures and exactly. they love their meat. So I can see a lot of barbecues going on over in, <laughs> in that neck That's of the right. woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do you see yourself? Where do you see the business in the next five years? I think definitely that US growth, you know, that's a big focus for us. Keeping Australia growing as well, there's still market um, share that we can we can get here in Australia, but um, really that focus is that US growth and, and being able to keep growing out the locations that we're in and, and into new locations so that really we want to see ourselves, you know, as the largest platform of our kind in the US, which is where we already um, sit in the Australian market. Um, it's a big uh, goal it's a big market um, but yeah that that's really where we're, we're headed and um, I think the more like you say that more this concept of having a private chef in your home grows in the market that helps us as well and, and that's something we're seeing keep rising. Oh absolutely now are you interested in cooking? I am. I am. I love cooking, um, but I don't love cooking for a crowd, which again is is how this all started. So I love cooking where there's no time frame. You know, it's just sort of casual. It's it's cooking for me and my husband, or um, cooking for maybe one or two other people. But um, I t- really, uh, you know, admire our culinarians that can cook for a big group. The the work that goes into it, and the timing, um, and the kind of pressure that you're under to be able to, you know, deliver these dishes, especially for people's weddings and special occasions, and um, that's something I I wouldn't put myself forward for. Okay, Jody, if you're cooking for a small group of people, mm. what's what's your go-to favorite cuisine? Uh, it would be Italian. I am Italian. Um, so, yeah, that is my go-to. Um, if, I've, if I'm really trying to impress, then I would make the gnocchi from scratch the way my nana taught me. Wow. Um, and probably do something with truffle as well because I, I love um, truffles and mushrooms and, and that combination. So that would probably uh, be my go-to. But, again, it would be for a small group and it, would be, you know, it takes hours <laughs> to kind of do that. So I like to not have a too much of a time deadline on it. <laughs> <laughs> any 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 favourite desserts that you like to make? Oh, I love anything with lemon. So, you know, I'm a, a massive lemon meringue. Yeah, fan. So anything in that space. Um, but to be honest, I've never made a lemon meringue pie. I think it's it's probably something I could master, but um, I do love that. If, if if that's on the menu, that's what I'd be ordering. Excellent. That's fantastic. What's your what's your go to comfort food or fast food? If you if you're eating something that's not good for you, but it just makes you feel good <laughs> when you're having a rough day. Uh, it would have to be pizza. Um, I think something Yum. in the Italian frame again. Um, but yeah, I, I really love a good pizza and a, you know a good New York pizza, a big, a big slice that's just a, your margarita pizza with some some basil. Um, that would be my go-to. <laughs> Can I tell you, in uh, on the sixteenth of September, I head off to go cycling through Puglia and Sorrento in Italy. Oh, wow. So I will be. Probably having a few slices of pizza after a kilometer ride <laughs> each day. That's the- my idea of a dream holiday is, is bike riding and eating good Italian food. So. <laughs> yep, that's that's definitely the plan. It's going to be indulged greatly and uh, lots of gelato as well. <laughs> <brilliant>. <laughs> now, um, where have, 
have you had it when you, I'm sure you've traveled a lot. Obviously, you've gone to the States and I'm yeah. sure plenty of other places. Have there been any standout dining experiences that you've had where you've just gone, oh my God, that was just ridiculously amazing? Yeah. So we've, we've um, traveled to Japan a few times um, and, you know, traveled to Europe as well to kind of visit our family um, over in Italy and in Croatia. Um, I would have to say Japan has some of my most memorable dining experiences. I think the restaurants in Tokyo and even some of the ones that we kind of stumbled upon. Um, I remember, you know, at a fish market, there was this long line of people lining up and we didn't know what it was. So we just lined up and it ended up being just this most incredible, um, yeah, sort of Japanese, um, yeah, dining experience with a miso soup that had pippies in it, which is just wow. still, I remember, yeah, how, how beautiful it was. And, um, yeah, just I think because I, I love seafood so much um, and and kind of Japanese food that there was there was quite a few um, restaurants in Tokyo that, yeah, have, have been up there in the, in the best that we've tried. So Oh, that sounds amazing, Ed. Japan is incredible. I, I, that was another cycling trip that I did, um, and and you're right. Oh, wow. it, it, the best experiences, I think, are when you you just rock up to something you're not quite sure what it <laughs> exactly. is. Yeah. You just have to trust if there's locals standing in a line, it's got to be good. Um. You know, it's funny. You're reminding me. I I was in New York in February and. Uh, I was just cruising around the streets. I think it was Greenwich Village that I was in, and I could see this line of people standing yeah. along this just – it was kind of an industrial area where I was. I said to someone, do you know what you what what's going on here? And they said, oh, it's some art installation, and and I love art. So, you know, I, I said, is it – you have to have tickets? And they said, no, just stand here. So <laughs> I stood Brilliant. in the line, and it, it was just the most incredible art installation and – you like you said, it's it. You, sometimes you've got to take a chance, and exactly. really cool stuff happens from that. Yeah, you can't plan it when you're traveling. You've just got to go with just the roll with whatever's <laughs> going on. Exactly. Now you you you've traveled quite a bit. You've mentioned that, but are there any places on the on the bucket list that you haven't been to that you're dying to go to? Yes, Finland is really up there. So wow. um, my mother-in-law was born there. She's from there, um, and we didn't get to go there um, when we. We travelled Europe, so um, I would love to go to Finland. I'd love to go in the winter and, and oh. have a white Christmas, obviously being from far north Queensland, usually in Australia. We're used to yes. summer Christmas being uh, fairly hot, so I think that would be amazing to be able to go to, to Finland and to see it in the winter. Oh, that sounds incredible. What a, what a cool thing to do for sure. Now, this next question I'm going to ask you is when I ask all my guests, and that is, you're you're actually hosting your dinner party, the one that you didn't want to do because you got stuck in the kitchen. Sure. But <laughs> for this one, uh, you get to sit down and it's going to be pretty chilled and relaxed. Now, you can invite anyone famous or someone who inspires you. They might be living. They might be dead. I want to know who they are that's sitting at this table and what might be on the menu. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. We actually put this in our email signature for Gather. So ah. we have like our dream dinner party guest. Um, I do have Richard Branson in my Ooh. email signature. So he is is up there. Um, I've always admired him, not just for his business, uh, you know, the success that he's had there, but everything he does in the philanthropy space as well. Um, how much he's such a champion for uh, also, you know, uh, environmental impact and, and really trying to improve um, you know, uh, things in that space, so in the social impact space. So I would love to meet him. I think he would actually be such an interesting dinner party guest um, and I'm sure I could. So I can tell you that I've actually met him. Have you really? Yes, and is yes. he as, in, as uh, he charming as he appears? <laughs> the most laid back, lovely man. I've, I've yeah. cooked at a number of functions that he has attended and 
Uh, he he lives mostly in the British Virgin Islands where I've been based. Wow. So he yeah he's out there just cruising around talking to anyone, and he's the most down to earth person. When uh, Hurricane Irma hit the Caribbean, it was the worst hurricane in the history of hurricanes, and it hit the British Virgin Islands the worst out of anywhere. It flattened the, the entire wow. area. He and um, there's a guy that owns half of um, Google that also has an island near Richards. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We call it billionaire <laughs> as neighborhood. You, as you do, yeah. <laughs> the two of them got together and basically went out and bought a whole bunch of generators for the whole island of Virgin Gorda. Um, so every person had their own personal generator and then they just infused tons of money and did all this charity organization to, you know, get things kick started. You know, the government was doing what they could, but, you know, billionaires sort of have a bit yeah. more of money to roll around. But oh, yeah, you, you talk about, you know, giving back and he is definitely one of those people. He's oh, wow. a very cool guy and you should definitely meet him. Oh, so perhaps, yes, perhaps Lisa, you're going to be <laughs> the connection to be able to have a dinner <laughs> there you party go. with Richard Branson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Richard's at the table and uh, are we having a, a one-person dining experience or who else is going to be there? Yeah, we, we'd, we'd invite a few more people. Um, I <laughs> I definitely probably want to have some family and friends there as well. They'd be the, the favourite people that I'd probably have around the table. Very um, cool. And then, yeah, what's on the menu? I, I mean, yeah, it has to be something Italian as well. Yes. Um, but I also love, you know, uh, kind of the the produce that we have in far north Queensland um, and I love the way that that can be kind of incorporated into to menus as well so something probably tropical would have to, to have to be in there um, even something with you know Davidson plum um, Yum. yeah being able to even have that in some sort of a savory dish um, and you know anything with sort of beetle leaf and and those those sort of ingredients wow. so they'd be on the menu um, and then, yeah, probably some spicy margaritas. That's my usual drink of choice. So, you know, if you don't mind, I'd be happy to just assist when that's happening because oh, yeah. that sounds like a, a really great evening. <laughs> I would very much welcome you to come in and do the do the cooking, and I'll, I'll do the eating. You can be the entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jody, how can people find out more about Gather? Yeah, so we've um, obviously got our website and we're on social media. So the biggest thing is to remember that we're not spelt the normal way with Gather. We are spelt um, uniquely so that we are an, uh, kind of an individual in that space. So G-A-T-H-A-R instead of E-R. Um, and our website is, yeah, the US one is the .com and Australia is .com.au. Um, and then we're on Instagram and, and Facebook and all the socials, um, just at Gather. Uh, and then, yeah, it'd be brilliant for people to connect with us. And and obviously, if there are chefs, um, you know, we're always looking for, for more culinarians to join the platform, chefs and passionate cooks and, and grazing stylists. So please reach out to us. Everybody, I can highly recommend if you're in Australia or the US um, to either join as a chef or be uh, have this fabulous dining experience in your home. Um, I've you. been lucky enough to uh, have some amazing occasions through your company and I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Thank you. Yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. It's something that, and um, you know, until you experience it, you don't realise how how incredible I think it is to, to have someone come in and cook in your home and create that, that really special dining experience. And they do the dishes for you after. That's often everybody's favourite part as well, that you can yes. clean at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the perfect situation for sure. Jody, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. I, I know you're an incredibly busy person, so I really do appreciate your time. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been great. Wonderful. Enjoy your afternoon. You too. 
Before I go, if you'd like to hear more information on today's podcast or you have any questions at all for me, you can contact me at my website, lisamead.com, L-I-S-A-M-E-A-D.com. Don't forget to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can even follow me at Chef Lisa Mead on Instagram. Until next time, I'm Chef Lisa Mead and you've been listening to Tales of a Luxury Yacht Chef.